Hello, readers. Welcome to 20 Questions with Your Favorite Author, where we ask authors important questions like, why would you agree to be on this podcast? I'm Kelly Lynn Colby, Editorial Director at Curse Dragon Ship Publishing. On Episode 7, we are featuring Jesse Sprague. Jesse Sprague writes dark speculative fiction as a way of exploring ideas that don't fit neatly into our world. Coming from a long line of storytellers and as a busy mom herself, she writes for others looking for an evocative escape. Her most recent launch is Beneath Fifth City, a science fiction series exploring what happens if there are no heroes to step up in an alien invasion. Her previous stories have appeared in anthologies with award-winning and New York Times bestselling authors, and her debut novel, Spider's Kiss, took the shapeshifter trope in a new direction with sexy spiders in space. To Jesse, words are magic. They might be the only real magic left in the world. Visit jessiesprague.com to join her readers group and never miss out on a beautiful and maybe even a little horrifying escape. If she's not your favorite now, she will be after. Welcome, Jesse. How are you? Good. Okay. Hanging in there? Yep. Everyone's on vacation right now, so it's nice. Everyone's home. I mean, they were home anyway, but they're not in school and work, so. I'm like, is that different? I'm not sure that's really different this time. It's different because they have their places they go when they're at work and at school that are not in my hair. <laughs> See, vacation, their vacation, despite what they think, does not equal vacation for me. N- n- no. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. You're right. It equals more work and more stress and more socks all over the place. Where do these socks come from? But it is nice spending time with them. So there's that. That is true. We complain, but I'm sad when they're not here. I have teenagers and I'm not in a hurry to kick them out. I don't know. Either I did something right or something wrong. I don't. Either way. Both? Both? Yeah, maybe both. (laughs) Okay, let's see. Are you ready to start our questions for the evening? Let's do it. Excellent. And just like always, audience, please type your questions in and I will bring them up. Yours will supersede mine, even though I have some really cool ones. All right. So we're going to ask the first one that readers love to ask. It's asked over and over again at panel after panel. Where do you get your ideas? I don't know that I do. I feel like the ideas just sort of happen. I... Like they were always there and I just realized them. More So it's not getting them from somewhere, it's they surface in the madness. I like that. They surface in the madness. I'm going to like, we, we should quote that one. That should go in your bio somewhere. <laughs> well, let's see. For your work, like Beneath Fifth, uh, Fifth City starts with the after effects of an alien evade invasion. I'm talking great today. Uh, they claim themselves as gods and swear they know what's best for humanity. What made you choose this route? Um, this story started in some odd places. Part of it was just, I'd watched so many alien invasion movies, and as I've heard other people say, if someone is technologically advanced enough to get to our planet and invade us, there's no way we are beating them. Yeah. So... That was sort of the inspiration for that. And then I also was, there was this idea of, okay, so if this advanced society did come, what would they think of us? Given they wouldn't be able to like come into our homes 
in my mind, and watch us. So what they would get was what media had put out there. So they would see our values as being very Hollywood, very... And so I... Well, that makes sense, because at the very beginning, they're judging what everyone looks like to decide who should live and who should die. Mm -hmm. It's very creative. So what made you decide that they would come and say that they were gods? Um, I think because that's another one of society's ideas that seems very top level is God's rule. God's tell people what to do. So if you want to rule humanity, claiming to be a God is a way of positioning yourself properly in the psyche of saying, this is where I sit. Mm -hmm. This is where you sit. Gotcha. So they got that from media too. And that's what they decided to call themselves. Yes. Clever. Very clever. So I, I have to say I've interviewed um, you know, quite a few authors at this point. And it's so much fun to read these books. I'm just like flipping through them going, you know, I'm a writer myself. And yet I don't come up with all these ideas. It's, 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 I don't know, enticing to know that there's so much out there. So thank you for that. Oh, just to let you know, we have someone, uh, Aaron Sprague on. I'm assuming you probably know that person. That would be my husband. And my son said he was going to watch and root for me too. Yay! So I don't know what he's rooting for, but he's there. <laughs> well, if he has a question, he can put it in the chat. And uh, Kevin Petway's on too. Yay! Oh, <laughs> Tracy says that um, she's read the uh, Beneath Fifth City, and she said she keeps thinking that's like the end of 2020, like that's the grand finale. Well, it's only got two days, Tracy. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how fast they are. <laughs> Could happen anytime. <laughs> anytime now. Okay, so what is your potluck go-to? Fruit salad. Fruit salad, like anything on it or just fruit? I love like making fruit salads. And part of it comes from the fact that I don't like store-bought ones. They sit too long and then all the fruit leaches together so it doesn't have any flavor. Yes. I also don't really like to cook. And fruit salad, <laughs> <laughs> I can go and like buy strawberries and blueberries and fancy fruits that they wouldn't normally go in and make them. And if I'm, you know, feeling fancy, I'll make some simple syrup and put it on it. To- Ooh, if they're out of season, that's probably a sneaky way, huh? Clever, clever. <laughs> Don't like to cook. And you said simple syrup. <laughs> yep. One of those things, once you make it, you're like, really? That's all there was to it. <laughs> I-, I love it. Yeah, me too. Of course, I... I tend to use it in my mixed drinks. I don't know where you use it mostly, but. Iced tea is the big one. Because oh. once I realized that you could have sugar that actually melted in iced tea, it was all over. I'm like, this is delicious. Wonderful. Life changer. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> Here I am, tequila. And you're like, tea, what's wrong with you, woman? Um, let's see. Oh, you're, now I might say this wrong, so I apologize. Please feel free to correct me. This is the time where we get to see words that we have always pronounced wrong, corrected by the authors. Um, your drambish, is that drambish? Contaminate. Mm-hmm. Say it again. Drambish. Okay. So drambish contaminate novels are listed as science fantasy. So how would you describe that genre for, for people who have not heard of it? So I'm. it's my way of trying to communicate what I actually write. Because I write space opera, but I write space opera the way that fantasy writers used to write it. I have not seen any of this since like the 70s and 80s. Tanith Lee did it, and McCaffrey did it. It's all these wonderful fantasy writers 
would write sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Like Rowan, or however you say that, the name of that book. Mm-hmm. That's an example of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it really isn't science. Sometimes it, will, it addresses ideas and concepts mm-hmm. that really fit well in science fiction. But yep. I am not a scientist. I don't understand science. I'm, so I like to communicate, if you're picking this up because you think that there are going to be cool, realistic gadgets and someone who understands space travel and this is like a real con. I'm like, no, I'm writing, fan- I'm writing elves and dwarves in space is what I'm doing. That's awesome. You know, it's funny you say Anne McCaffrey, because to her last dying day, she swore she wrote science fiction. Well, she did sometimes. Yeah, but the term science fantasy didn't exist then. You know what I mean? I'm sure she would have been fine with that. <laughs> yeah. She was like, it's a different planet. It's science fiction. That's what she always went with. I loved it. And not a lot of people write that anymore. So it's a hard concept to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think a lot of what I write would really appeal to fantasy readers but sometimes the, if, if they don't want both, I, ne- I feel the need to communicate, hey, if you're really looking for science fiction, mm-hmm. yep. then be aware. Be aware. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who loves fantasy, but she won't read anything that has a spaceship in it. So do you see what I mean? It's just so people have their weird blocks. Yep. So that's just hers. It's like a spaceship, she's out. And I'm like, but it's this, it's, it's, you know, instead of a carriage, they're in a little jumper. It's fine. I promise. (laughs) But they're like, she's like, nope. So we all have our different taste and we read for fun. So who cares? Uh, That book has magic in it. So it's not. Right. Right. So uh, that's why I, I still say that Star Wars is science fantasy personally. So, I mean, they have wizards for heaven's sakes. So, um, Let's see. If you could spend a weekend with one of your characters, who would it be and where would you go? Oh, goodness. You asked a question like this before and I actually mentioned it to my husband before we came on here. It's like, I, none of them. I am so mean to my characters. <laughs> I would not want to go anywhere with any of them because they all hate me. <laughs> You're scared they're going to seek revenge? Like, they don't want to spend time with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, you even know it. I mean, come on. You look so sweet and innocent. What could you possibly do to them? A lot. Yeah, I read the beginning of both your books. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The, um, (laughs) I like that. That's very clever. They're like, no, they would know I'm the author. Let's see. Yes, and your husband says we need more wizards in space. And everyone else in the chat agreed with him. More wizards in space. All right, let's see. If you could have your dream pet, what would it be? It could be anything. Well, when I was younger, it totally would have been a unicorn because I loved unicorns. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I kind of got boring in my old age. I feel like I have my dream pets. I want my dogs. It's perfect. They're perfect. There's nothing wrong with them, and I wouldn't trade them for anything. <laughs> do you have rescues, purebreds? What do you have? Um, we have two rescues. Mm-hmm. Um, when we bought them, they were both described as medium-sized dogs. One of them is a 45-pounder, which is totally a medium-sized dog. He's my baby, and I love him. Mm-hmm. The other one is 110 pounds. Ooh, I think that's pony size. And my son likes to joke that he's a double medium. <laughs> okay, I like your son. That's very <laughs> clever. Very clever of him. 
double medium. <laughs> well, they were claimed to be medium, so he's just fitting the definition. Yeah, just it's clearly a medium dog. <laughs> I like that. Extra medium. That's awesome. Medium-sized cow, Kevin Petway says. Yeah, he is. Let's see. Um, Dave has a question for you. He wants to know, can you tell us how many books in the Fifth City Chronicles there will be? Currently, there are four written. There will be at least five. Um, whether or not there will be five or six depends entirely on how five ends up being written. Because, like, I have general concepts and I know what needs to happen, but I don't have that book plotted at all. Gotcha. So you think you'll be able to do there, but it, we've got at least five books to look forward to because the first one, and this just came out November, correct? Did it, it come November? out November? I think it was December. Was it December? It? December 14th? Oh, wow. It just came out. Yeah. Oh, happy book, book birthday. So exciting. Yeah, that cover is gorgeous. I have questions about that later, too. Um, actually, why don't we just bring it up? Zafo, you want to bring it up since we're talking about it? I love this cover. I'm also partial to purple, so that probably helps. Well, look at that beautiful thing. There you go. Look at that beautiful thing and that terrifying monster alien invasion. For the record, when I first saw it, I did not see the alien spaceships at the top. Because I was so drawn to the city and all that stuff. I'm like, oh, it's a floating city. And I started reading it. And I was like, oh, this is not a sweet thing, man. This is like intense. It's fantastic. So since we're looking at the covers, I'm wondering, how did you choose this cover? Um, that's It's complicated. So I, when I did my first covers, I think I did them a little bit wrong they went too romantic too whimsical so with this i was very hard like i don't want pretty people mm -hmm. on the cover this is an alien invasion novel i want it to say sci-fi that's the number one thing the cover needs to say mm -hmm. and so i said what the book was about mm -hmm. and i went and i hired an artist and he actually did a sketch of it and said this is my idea mm -hmm. and i was like yeah we'll go for that that looks good i'm good i'm good I'm That's not going to argue with you. You do you, dude. I find you find a good cover artist that's worth every penny. Mm-hmm. Every penny. So is he going to, he's going to do the whole series then? Yes. Nice. You want to plug him? What's his name? Um, I actually hired him through a service and I oh, have okay. no memory. So it's, it's okay. in the book. <laughs> and anyone who wants to know, I will be happy to talk about it, but. You're like, wait, I can't remember. He's awesome. Well, you can send it to me later, and I can always put it in show notes, too. Okay, that works. So, awesome. Let's see. I was seeing if there was any more questions. No, we got it. I stole Dave's question. Ah, ha, ha, Dave, I upscaled you. Let's see. If I asked that one. Oh, if you won a million dollars, what would you do with it? I'd pay off my house. That's what I'd do. Um, I live in the greater Seattle area, which is one of the most expensive places in the U.S. to live. Nice. So, so having buy her book, she needs it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> having your house paid off is huge. So I know it's not an exciting answer, but that's what I would do. Yeah, but that can change your life, right? It can. I mean, it could mean my husband could retire early. It could mean, you know, like 
having the house paid off is a weight off your mind that you know you've got it settled. You got it. All you have to do is pay the taxes every year. You're done. <laughs> and in Texas, they have a homestead. They have a homestead. I don't know if that works in Seattle. I don't know if you have that in Seattle or not. But it's like if we own the house, if we don't pay the taxes, they don't kick us out. But what happens is at the end, like when we die, then that there's all the taxes owed taxes are lean on the house. Does that make sense? So like if my kids wanted the house, they'd have to sell it and pay off all those taxes first. So it's kind of an extra protection. Not that we're ever going to pay our house off. So it's really not a concern for us, but it's kind of nice. A little safety net. I would be interested to know if that exists here, but I would doubt it, especially given I know what the taxes are around here. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's our problem. We, we always think let's pay off the house, but most of our house bill is insurance and taxes. It's not mm -hmm. really the house. <laughs> that's the smallest percentage of the whole thing. Okay. Uh, what do you hope readers get from your work? Don't say nightmares. An escape. An escape. I like it. I think that's our I, most popular answer. I, You know, I've heard so many people who are into like really highbrow stuff where they mm -hmm. want to learn or teach or, but for me, reading was never about that. Reading was about escaping the world that I was in. So I don't want something serious, a teachable or too much teachable in it. It's supposed to be a way of leaving the world you're in and going on an adventure. I love it. A safe adventure from home, because your adventures are not safe. My adventures are not safe. You don't no. want to actually go on them. No, so that's really fun. That's These are the kind <laughs> of things, right? No, I love it. Like, people like to escape by, you know, just reading a, like, an everyday story. Like, they went to the grocery store and thought the boy behind the counter was cute. I'm like, that's not an escape. That's every day. So this is really fun in a very dark way. But I like dark, too. And I, I mean, I've never denied I write dark Oh, it's definitely dark. I love how all your titles, they're like, for adults. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, mine could be YA, but maybe it isn't. And you're, you're like, no, no, adult. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, I grew up reading Stephen King. It's not like, you know, we don't have dark stuff in our life, right? So it's kind of nice to have this way to address it. Um, oh, you know, Kevin Petway has a great question for you. Can you tell us something you loved about your books that did not make it in? Um, actually, the the Drambish contaminant books started the main character that I wanted to write about became a way side character. So there is this whole like entrance of how she became who she was and how she joined the team that she was on. None of it is in the books. How funny. And I'd actually written it at one point. It was, you know, a good 50-page intro on this woman and, like, how she joined this agency that she's an assassin and she's going to kill people, and but it's a special agency. And I realized it wasn't going anywhere. Like, the, the whole plot was happening off-screen with the villains she was going to have to attack later. So I'm like, I just have to start with them. There's no other choice. That's so clever. Good for you for recognizing that. That's incredible. Yeah, Kevin, have you ever thought of maybe just making some kind of short story to give it away like free at the beginning? I have, and I probably will at some point. I have 
I have, I have part of it written up as a short story that I give away to my readers group, but it's just a piece of it. Clever. Clever, clever. Nothing's ever wasted. Doesn't always belong in the book. <laughs> so I'm sure Kevin Petway is wondering about his mean old editor, which is me, making him cut things. I'm sure that was a personal question. See, Kevin, we all have to cut things. All right. Um, oh, this has been one. We're taking a poll. Are you ready? I've asked everyone now. We're having a poll. So what is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Probably Cinnabon ice cream. The it's the cinnamon swirl, like it's I don't even know how to describe that ice cream, but it's delicious. <laughs> cinnamon <laughs> with icing in it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds delicious. That's a new one. Good job. Yeah, so far coffee is in the lead. Coffee's in the lead. So cinnamon is delicious. My son would be with you on that. He he'd put cinnamon on everything. He made tacos for dinner. I'm we hid the cinnamon just in case. <laughs> um, what is your favorite holiday tradition? Huh. I know it's a tough one, huh? This might be the last time I get to, you know, ask it. A holidays are about to go away till the spring. It is a tough one. Mm -hmm. Um. So the thing is, probably my favorite. I haven't done it several years now because it just got really hard with a little kid who wasn't quite old enough to do it happily but I always loved going for a drive to look at the, the lights yes just sitting in your car going to a Starbucks because we have like a million of them so it's <laughs> easy enough to find one we all have a million of them <laughs> so you just grab a Starbucks go around drive and look at the lights but with a little kid he he wasn't interested and like this year was the first year he was probably old enough to do it, but like no one's putting them out. Huh. I you feel like there'd be more in a shell this year. They're just uh, hiding. <laughs> just crossing our fingers, hoping it all goes away. Never know. Just hope. Let's see. Yeah, we, we used to do that all the time, but then we started going to the in-laws for Christmas Eve and that's when we would go. So we haven't been able to squeeze it in. So I understand. Let's see. Yeah, that might be the last one. Oh, here we go. I have to ask about a creative choice in Spider's Kiss. Okay, so that's that first book in the um, Drampish Contaminant. Contaminant. I want to add a syllable to that word. I don't know why. Okay, most people, when they choose shifters, like Tracy can be with me on this one, when they choose shifters, they think dragons or wolves or, you know, something like, you know, masculine or something furry. Um, you chose spiders. Can you explain where this came from? <laughs> um, no. No? <laughs> the thing is, I don't, I didn't think of them as shifters at first. They were, uh, they were, when they were first conceptualized, they were pure monster. They were the, and then they evolved. And then the main one of them, Sylvia, Evolved into essentially my main character, though she's still kind of a villain, which lots of people comment on. I'm like, at, at, at this point, it is what it is. <laughs> but I think it was spiders are scary. Giant spiders would be really scary. But what if they were people and they could think and interact as people and then be giant scary spiders? And so it just... It just evolved from there. I'm, I'm, 
a really well-balanced and well-adjusted person. <laughs> She's like, I swear. I swear. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah, when I was first reading it, I used to be terrified of spiders, but I had to get over it because we live in Houston and you can't function if you're terrified of spiders. Um, but reading it, I was like, oh, where did this come from? So just for all of you, if you want to read Jesse's work, which of course you do, because she's about to be your new favorite author, that um, be prepared. It's incredible. And here's the thing. The best writer you could possibly be is someone who makes you feel and you do that. So good job. Good job. Um, it's one of those things you can't teach. Right. When I edit people's work and I'm trying like, you're not really into the character. Oh, you're in the character. Like you feel everything they're feeling. So really well done. Um, let's see. If you could write in any world that wasn't your own, which world would that be? Um, so it's really old school, but my favorite writer growing up was Tanith Lee. And she had this series called the Flat World Novels, which was the it was almost like a series of short stories that were linked together but they were all linked around these demon lords who ruled the world since the gods had disappeared hmm. i i'm not saying that this has inspired my writing or anything but <laughs> i would love to write in that world with those demon lords to be able to that would be beautiful that's awesome <laughs> you're like i've always wanted to well, you know, in this age, day and age, you might be able to find out who owns it. You never know. Copyright, magic. We meet people all the time. You'll find that when you go to superstars, so many people we meet. Oh, Tracy says that you'll never look at spiders the same way again after reading your book. And you'll never want to squish one. You might anger it. Or it's overlord. <laughs> you never know who its boss is. Be nice to the spiders. <laughs> I was at this point, I'm more afraid of the other bugs than I am the spiders. I'd rather the spiders eat them, so I'm fine with them. At least spiders don't carry any diseases, you know? Let's see. Where's your favorite place to write? This year or normally? <laughs> you may answer that any way you feel. <laughs> um, during summer, we have a back deck that faces a bunch of trees and it has a, a porch swing on it. And that is my favorite place to sit and write. I so also a little, like a little bit of sit, heaven. I also love to sit in Starbucks and write, but that's not a thing now. So I write here. <laughs> yeah, I miss my cafe writing. I agree with you 100%. But back porch sounds beautiful, especially in Oregon in the summer. It must be nice. Uh, Seattle. Or Seattle, sorry. So Washington in the summer. It must be nice. It is. Yeah. How's the weather? Um, it drizzles a lot. I mean, it's always wet. I think people have this mis misconception of it pouring, but it rarely ever actually rains. It just constantly wets at you. So it's more like the UK. It's just always kind of a little... Yeah, but but yeah. you can look out, you know, and see orcas. So, I mean, there's a trade-off, right? It's beautiful here. Like, you have mountains on every side and lakes in multiple sides that you can easily drive through. It's gorgeous. Yeah. If you can find a sunny day, nothing Best beats thing. it. <laughs> That's awesome. 
I'll visit someday. I have not hit the West Coast of the U.S. yet. So someday we'll have to come up to a con when you're there signing your books. Let's see. Where's your. Oh, I just asked you that one. What is the movie you go to again and again? Um, most recently, it's been Coraline because I can watch it with my son <laughs> and it's it's a good movie. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to express that. <laughs> Have you read the book? Yes. Yes. That's fun. Yeah. At, at nine, I think, is when I started reading my kids' bigger books, right? Like older books. So it was a lot of fun. Um, let's see. You know, I haven't seen Coraline in a long time. What is your least favorite chore around the house? Um, I can actually answer that one really well because I had to do it today. When <laughs> your dishwasher clogs up and you have to clean out the dishwasher with your... That can't be fun. <laughs> no, that's funny. It's like most people nightmares about spiders. You're like, no, spiders are fine. But that dishwasher... <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, yeah, so not a good chore. Luckily, you don't have to do it all the time, right? So that's yeah. not so bad. It's not so bad. Um, no, cleaning out the drain, drains goes strictly on my husband's side of the job application. It's all him. Um, let's see. We talked about that. What is your idea of a vacation? We talked about that a little bit, right? So what what is an actual vacation for you? Anything where I can sit at the edge of water and not move for like an entire day. Nice. And I, it, does it have to be salt water, fresh water? It doesn't matter, but like the ultimate is an all inclusive resort because they can bring you things without you leaving <laughs> your chair. That's right. You're like, that's the vacation. <laughs> that's a vacation I know people who like to do things and I'm like you know we can couple vacation with the do things couple and they can come tell us about the things they did and then I don't have to do them <laughs> and you're like done. <laughs> done I got a margarita for you have a seat <laughs> hey we might be able to work that deal out I like this <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We used to always do the do everything vacations, but at this point in our life, we're ready for the sit and drink vacations. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, let's see. So what is the first thing you put in your grocery cart as an impulse buy? Either cherry Coke or spicy Cheetos. Interesting. Interesting picks. Maybe both. <laughs> At that point, is it an impulse or is that on the list? It's just going on the list tonight. I need it today. <laughs> well, you know, that they have it in the in the aisles where you're checking out or mm -hmm. they used to. And so it's it's more like a matter of willpower. <laughs> so it depends on how long that line is. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I see. I see. And with the mask on, nobody will remember who you were. It totally works. There's no judging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally works. The benefit to the mask, people haven't talked about. That's right. Let's see. I was just checking the chat. So if anyone has any questions, make sure to put them in there. Oh, they're calling them huddle up vacations. I like that. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, huddle up vacations. That sounds like, like an anthology right there. 
Let's see. Florida. Oh, here we've got one from Kevin Petway. He says, I wish I was more heroic in real life. Do any of your characters represent aspirational traits you wish you had? Or are you already sufficiently awesome? Well, of course she's awesome. I mean, as awesome as I am, you know, there's always <laughs> things you wish were different. Right? I, I always wished I was more outgoing and more confident. And I think a lot of my main female characters tend to tend to reflect that often to a fault they're incredibly headstrong and powerful and and i've never been that i a little bit shy kind of want to melt to the background and there are always women who are perfectly fine being up front that's kind of cool so that's your uh, you know i will tell you anyone reading the book would not guess that about you so that's hilarious Live in your best life through the book. Of course, maybe not, considering what you do to them. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Are you trying to say people that like to be out front, you torture them then? No, I just, I, so, every short story I've ever written has ended badly. Like, they're always unhappy at the end. And I've realized what it is, is internally, my internal compass tells me, it feels cheesy and wrong for people to be happy unless they've earned it. So I just make sure they run the gamut to earn that happy ending. I like that. Clever. They must get that happy. So short story, there's just not enough time. There's not enough time. It. They can't earn it in that space. Gotcha. Like, I gotcha. So y'all remember that. If we're going to have deserted superstars, we have to earn it. <laughs> Let's see. Dave Dave says, you are a big supporter of Wattpad. Can you talk about how Wattpad has helped you as a writer? Um, so I was huge into Wattpad for a long time. Mm -hmm. I got, when I first started writing again after I had my son, I got on there and I developed a following reasonably quickly. And I developed, I had made a lot of friends. And I was I was a volunteer for the for Wattpad for a decent amount of time as ambassador. Mm -hmm. They they hired me to do several jobs like monetarily to write for them for nice. different projects. Mm -hmm. And eventually, I just came to the conclusion that it really wasn't my space as a writer. Like I love the idea of the platform. I love the people on it. I'm not mm -hmm. trashing them in any way, mm -hmm. but as was mentioned, I write adult. I write things that are inherently adult and Wattpad is inherently not. Correct. So it was always a struggle for me to find readers there mm -hmm. comparatively. Like I'm not, I have, I have 9,000 followers on there. So it's not, it wasn't like I didn't succeed at all. I, I was successful enough that they were hiring me to do things. Right. But it was always a struggle whenever I compared myself to the other writers who were succeeding. It felt like I was doing twice as much for half as much. And I just decided, you know what? First off, I've always wanted to, this is what I want to do professionally. I would like to get paid for it. Mm -hmm. And my audience isn't here. So why am I trying to make these people my audience rather than going somewhere else and finding my audience? Mm -hmm. So fully support Wattpad. It's just not where... I am anymore. Yeah, makes sense to me. sounds like a great place to start. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I mean, that's half the, the 
it's easy to publish right now, but it's hard to find that audience. So that actually makes complete sense to me. You got to find, you got to find the people. So people listening now, now know about you. And that actually, did we have another question? Oh, have you brought any of that fan? Oh yeah, that's actually, I was wondering about that. So thank you for asking Kevin. The, any of the fan base from Wattpad, did they follow you into publishing? Not really. Um, a lot of the writers did follow me as part of a clan. Like, mm -hmm. they're still in my life. We still talk to each other. We still communicate. We still read each other's stories. But most of the fan base, the people who are on Wattpad are on there because they want to read for free. And they want easy. And usually what they're looking for is teen-oriented stories. Mm -hmm. And so they don't and this is something a lot of Wattpad writers who tried to leave have found. Discovered. Mm -hmm. Most of them won't move with you because they want to be on Wattpad and read for free. They don't yeah. want to go have to search for books and have to pay for them. And mm -hmm. so they don't follow you. Yeah. But it still is a confidence booster because mm -hmm. I know that those people are out there and I know that people enjoy my work. Yeah. So I'll tell you all the books you can get for free. If they're not quality, then they're still not reading them. So makes sense. Absolutely. It's like, there's this much time, right? So even for free, if it's not good, still not reading it. So nice. Well, I'm glad you branched out. I don't know if I would have met you. So thank you very much. Um, let's see. So we've about wrapped it up. So we have one more question left and that is what are you promoting right now? Uh, Beneath Fifth City is my, my new one that I'm, I mean, it just came out. So mm -hmm. it's, very much what I'm promoting, I guess. <laughs> uh, next month, I'm going to put out the third and final one in the Drambish Contaminant. So that, I guess I'm sort of promoting that too, just because, I mean, I'm finishing that series. But really, it's Beneath Fifth City is my big one. That's awesome. There's that beautiful cover again. I have to get that one. I read them. Yeah. And both of them, they have free samples, the beginning of it on Amazon. So you can go through and read the beginning. And I'm telling you, there's no way you're going to read the beginning and not want to read it. So check that out. Um, now, if people want to follow you, where can they find you? Um, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and I have a webpage. They're all on So it's my webpage is jessiesprague.com. On Twitter, I think I'm, I'm jessiesprague.x. And on Facebook, I'm Jesse Sprague author. So, I mean, it's all under my name. And for people just listening, will you spell it for them? Jesse is J-E-S-S-E, -S -S -E, which is important because, yes, that is the male spelling. And Sprague is S-P-R-A-G-U-E. Perfect. Excellent. So now that Jesse is your favorite author, make sure to follow her. Please leave review for her books. Um, review is like sending a present to your favorite author. And please review us too on whatever podcast you love us on, or you can follow us on YouTube or um, subscribe on Twitch. So we can't wait to see you next week when we have Kevin Petway on with launching of his third book, Big Damn Magic. Thank you.